persistence culture. Persistence, firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Culture, the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. Keep moving. This is Persistence Culture. We are Ventura County's premier podcast. I am your co-host, Mambo, and we got your host, Jason. What's up, Jason? Mambo, what is going on, brother? How you doing today? Man, I, I feel like I it's been years since I've seen you, bro. Dude, seriously, we've been <laughs> seeing each other so consistently, at least like a weekly basis, to have like two weeks or whatever it's been off. It, it, it's nuts, man. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, September's very busy with uh, family birthdays and, of course, wifey's birthday, where, yep. uh, you know, uh, she don't celebrate one day. She celebrates a month. Okay. So it's been uh, nothing but celebrating this birthday month. Birthday month. Hell yeah. yeah, man. That's what's up. Yeah, it's been it's been a fun time for me, tied up in all kinds of youth sports and NFL being back on is pretty time consuming for me on oh, a this Sunday is your now. Time. So this, is this is your time to shine. It's my time to shine right now. So, you know, uh, life is good, man. I can't complain, but I'm glad to be back at the yellow table with you, man. Yes. And of course, uh, always bringing the dope guests to you guys. Who do we have today? Yes, that is right. That ain't going to change. And we're back at the yellow table with an awesome guest today. She is helping the 805 look their best and show off their unique style through her amazing work. She is a savant when it comes to body anatomy, which allows her to give her clients the best, safest, pain-free piercing experience you can find on the West Coast. She is a member of the Association for Professional Piercers and is the senior piercer at the incredible state-of-the-art bone-deep piercing in Camarillo. We have Jasmine Celestine in studio. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. What yeah. an intro. Hey, that's you. That's you. I mean, it's, it's easy to talk about you when you when you got that kind of credentials. So welcome to the Yellow Table. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. It's our pleasure. And um, Let's get right into it. I want to know, so you're at Bone Deep right now. You're a senior piercer. That's probably not the first ear you pierced. So when did you get into piercing personally? Okay, so when I was a little bit younger, um, this was way before I actually became like a body piercer. I took a piercing gun, which is definitely not my favorite thing nowadays, but I did that on my boyfriend when I was in like the very end of high school and I did my own too, but I never really thought it was going to turn into a career or anything. And then when I'm, I'm from San Diego originally and I moved here for college, I went to Channel Islands. I graduated in 2017. And when I first moved up here, I came to town. I didn't really know anybody. And I went to a piercing studio and I got a piercing. It was not bone deep. And the person who referred me to bone deep, like doesn't even work in the area anymore. (laughs) And I was in art school and I was just kind of asking her questions like, Hey, like, you know, what, what are you going to use? Like, what gauge are you going to use? I had had a few piercings. I started getting more interested in this subject around like 19 or 20 years old. And then she had was saw that I had some interest in it. And she was like, well, you know, I actually know somebody who's kind of looking to teach someone. And at the time I was managing a company. I didn't really think that like there was any way that that was going to turn into a career or anything, but I was in art school and I was like, oh, maybe I could become like a tattoo artist or something through this. And so I did my piercing apprenticeship while I was working full time and in school full time. And then as I graduated my apprenticeship and started working in a tattoo shop for years and being around tattoo artists for a few years, I realized I do not want to be a tattooer at all. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. If I took all that time and drew all the sketch and like put my heart and soul into something and then put it onto bo- someone's body permanently and they went to Yelp and just like talked a bunch of crap about me about oh, how God. terrible I am, like I just that's just way too much pressure. So I just kind of realized like no, I think that the like shorter interaction and just like kind of nerding out about like anatomy and just like jewelry and style and crystals and stuff that kind of led to me becoming like a piercer only and not wanting to do really anything else. And then I started mentoring people as my program kind of started growing and I love teaching. And that was something I kind of wanted to go through like after college too, getting like a teaching credential. That's pretty dope then. So you're kind of hitting all your like career milestones in one occupation that you never even thought of being an occupation then. Yeah, honestly. And like through high school, I was taking like fashion classes and doing sewing and stuff. And this is a whole lot of like styling. I do a lot of like curating people's style. I also make jewelry in the studio too. So it put like the fashion and the art and the like I was doing retail. So it's like the sales, like all into one plus like blood and guts and like yes. stabbing people in the back, stabbing people in the literally, face. So. Literally stabbing people in the back. Yes. Very cool. Some, quite literally sometimes. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. So, so it seems like you've come a long way since the uh, tattoo gun or not the tattoo gun, but the piercing gun at home. Me, me personally, I have no piercings. So 
piercing gun versus how you pierce now. What's the difference? So educate me. So, okay, so I can nerd out about this for a while. Let's nerd but, out. So for a like while. a piercing gun um, can't be fully sterilized because there's plastic parts. So when you're going to a place like Claire's or like icing or something, um, there's no way to fully sanitize the gun to a way to like avoid bloodborne pathogens. So Ooh. a way to like avoid infection or getting an illness or something like that. Um, when you're using um, a one-time use like sterile needle, you're not going to be passing those bloodborne pathogens or germs from the device into the person. Um, Got it. That's a huge pro right pro, off the top. Pro right off the bat. Piercing guns also aren't very sharp. They're using blunt force to like stab through the skin and just kind of bust through, which can shatter your cartilage. What is it? Um, is it like a slingshot then? Or? It, it, it's... It, they use the earring, which is not like a sharp, it's like a dull object. Uh -huh. They're just using a ton of like force and you just hear it like slam in your ear and it tears your skin on the way out. And this is what the kids are doing at Claire's? That is what they're doing at Claire's. And those people, <laughs> they only have to watch one oh 15 God. minute video and then they can pierce whoever they want, even a baby. So like they have really no training on like how to keep things clean, how to avoid getting like hepatitis oh, and like geez. other very popular, like super common MRSA, things that can transfer super easily through the skin. And so like I... It's crazy too. Like through COVID, we had to shut down for like nine months because of like the health department and all of the like bloodborne, airborne pathogens and I things. I can imagine, yeah. And Claire's was open the entire time. People with no training, just stabbing little just kids in the ear. Piercing gun to the <laughs> nose. All yeah, <laughs> it's a very like not well known thing. And it's kind of frustrating too. Like just the career as a whole, people are always like, oh yeah, so when are you gonna become a tattoo artist? And I'm like, literally never. Don't wanna do that. <laughs> yeah. Don't wanna do that at all. It's, so is it's, that a common bridge then? Kind of like you start off as the piercer and then become a tattoo artist? Honestly, or? I don't know anyone that's done that. Yeah, It, it doesn't really happen. Well, actually, no, I, I know one person that's done that, but I know hundreds of piercers that have never done a tattoo, don't wanna do a tattoo. They really shouldn't. In Australia, they do piercings with hairdressers and like how we do piercing and tattoo in the same shop like tattoos and piercings aren't even the same in other countries they're like two totally different entities so for me to be like out at a bar at a party and everybody's like oh so you're gonna give me a tattoo i'm like yeah i mean it'll be as good as if anyone else does it in the room i have <laughs> no idea how to set up the machine yeah literally Cool. Well, that that's interesting that, you know, where you talk about other countries and different parts of the world, they don't associate the two together. And, you know, I, I didn't necessarily always because I kind of thought of Claire's, right? When I first think of a piercing, oh, absolutely. I think of Claire's and now I'm definitely not thinking of it as fondly <laughs> anymore uh, with the blunt force trauma and possible hepatitis <laughs> to come along oh, with it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's stuff that I've come in. There's this, uh, like, little kids, because the, the earrings are also, like, one size fits all. So if you're a grown man going in and getting a piercing, like, they're using the little girl earring on you, and you're... Earring, your ears are much larger than the six-year-olds. Yeah, I would so think so. So stuff gets embedded, and I'm going to have to cut it out of you if you're coming in because the clairs, they don't know how to help yeah. you. They don't get any, like, troubleshooting skills or anything. They just so, send you out the door? The, yeah, and, like, if you come back in and say, like, hey, this thing's messed up, they'll be like, okay, and, like, you already paid for it. I yeah. can't teach you anything. So <laughs> then they come to me, and I look at it, and I'm like, wow, so I'm going to need to take a scalpel and cut this out of your head right now. Oh, I'd be screwed. And I have huge ears, too. Oh. <laughs> they wouldn't be able to do nothing with me. Well, most grown men do, and yeah. so that's the people who I'm mainly, like, having to rip stuff out of their body. Wow. And I'm like a street doctor. You're, I don't, I don't bringing, have numbing. You're bringing up some bad memories. I remember I, I went to go get my one of my ears pierced. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was a teenager. And it got infected. And I was so scared because the earring was small and it got stuck. Mm -hmm. It starts to embed. I see that all the time. Yeah, I've they, had to cut things out of people's lips, ears, nose. And they told me parts. they couldn't do nothing for me. So... Yeah, yeah, they don't get any training at yeah. all. They just watch like a video on how to use a gun, but not like how to actually heal, like wound healing. I've taken like tens of classes of different types of like wound healing and like precise, like the metals that you should be using, stuff that's going to be the most like hypoallergenic and biocompatible. And even their like premier line is like, the inside is like a fork. Now, it's, now, it's not made of anything great. Now you mentioned babies getting their ears pierced uh -huh. too. Well, oh. When is the right age to to get the babies? I mean, a, a lot of uh, in, in you know in my culture, mm -hmm. they want to take like before do it before they turn one. Mm -hmm. Is that is that the thing? So I used to pierce infants, um, and I had I have done plenty of little babies over the years. I retired. I do no longer do babies. <laughs> it is a terrible experience for the piercer, for the parent. I'm usually 
dealing with a crying mother and a crying baby right. and comforting everybody. At first, I just charged like the normal amount, like our earlobe set. And then I started like doubling it for babies because it's so much harder and then like doubled it again and people were still coming. And then finally, I was like, I'm just not doing this. We got to compensate for the mental stress <laughs> yes, of dealing yes. with the trauma for everybody. And it takes twice as long and it's just a nightmare. Um, I used to tell people usually between four and 12 months is the best. The absolute worst would be somewhere between one year and three years is like the absolute worst you could do. Because they know what's going the, on or what? I've seen kids rip the needle out of their ear. Just, no, not happening. Oh, and so then you have to do it again. So I, just do it yeah. when they can't defend themselves. Yes, and just get yes. them in there and just bam. So, so at my shop currently, I don't have any piercers that offer baby earlobe piercings, but in our area, it's super popular. It's a cultural thing for many different cultures. Right. And so we, I actually met a girl, I go to an international conference in Las Vegas and um, I believe she's Hispanic. And so she has plenty of experience piercing babies. So she comes out like once a month and we just book all the babies on one day with her and we just line them all up <laughs> and she just does them back to back. I told her she like can charge whatever line. she wants because there's no one in the county that does it for babies. Yeah. They have to go to Claire's. And those babies, they don't have shots yet. They don't have yeah. like the defense to beat oh the elder kid. I know. Have you seen, have you seen at the mall up. how they just do it like right there? Like I, I people, they have I a crowd I remember sometimes. my sister oh, getting yeah. them. I thought of getting in an earring once and I never did because I always just thought like Barry Bonds was like just so cool with like the gold cross yeah. earrings. And stuff. Such I a knew, vibe. Yeah, it is such a vibe. And yeah. I wanted a piece of that Barry Bonds vibe, but I never pulled the trigger. But <laughs> that's probably where I would have ended up at Claire's. And I'm glad. Oh. Instead, of me, instead of me looking like Barry Bonds, I've been out of there with a piece of metal broken off in my earlobe. So my, whenever I'm in the mall, like walking around like the Ventura Mall, I'm always walking by the booth and I see people getting into the chair and their little like four or five year old was all excited to get their little like bunny earrings or whatever. And I like walk by the parent and be like, did you know you can't sterilize a piercing gun? Did you know you can get hepatitis from a piercing gun? And then I just like walk away with my boyfriend. Instantly like, Starts googling. Like, don't, don't do this. Please leave them alone. That's hilarious. They were having a good day. So, so let's get back to the roots, though. So you've come a long way since that time with the piercing gun. Mm -hmm. So when's the first time that you pierced somebody for money? When's the first time you were an official professional piercer? Do you remember? I do remember. I do remember my first few piercings. So um, during my apprenticeship, uh, right at the very beginning, you typically will just do a lot of watching and a lot of cleaning because you have to learn how to keep stuff like separated. We're not going to cross contaminate anything. That's like the main thing first before you get to touch any bodies, right? Makes sense. Yeah. So um, usually they have you bring in friends first so that you're not doing this on a stranger for money. So I had my roommate at the time come in and I was giving her a little cartilage piercing at the top of the ear. And I remember I got everything lined up and I told her to give her a big breath in and blow it out. And I went to do it and I got about halfway through and I totally hesitated and I just pulled it out and I said, I can't do this. I'm never going to be a piercer. I don't think this is going to work out. <laughs> and to this day, I'm, I did end up finishing and I did the piercing and she nice. still has it. And she actually texted me today. I hadn't talked to her in a long time. And she's like, yeah, I still have that piercing. The first one you ever did. So <laughs> the one you did twice. Yeah, the one I did twice. <laughs> and I remember the first time I ever pierced someone's nose, I pierced straight through their nose and into their lip, just missed the whole thing and just went right oh, to the top oh. lip too. So I started. So you missed the nose completely, no, or went you went through, through the nose, nose and just kept right going through the top lip. That was the first time I ever did nose piercing. Damn, you gotta be coming in pretty hot with I, that thing, then, Jasmine. Like, yeah, you're gonna yeah. go for it. Well, you gotta go for it, I guess, you right? Don't, you don't realize, like, skin isn't really that firm. I actually kind of like learned this more recently that if you wanted to bite off someone's nose, it would be the same like texture as biting a piece of steak. Like it's really, we're not that firm of human bodies. Yeah. We're all just like rubbery, you know. Like talk about well done. We talk medium rare. What <laughs> are know, we talking I, about? I don't really know. I just heard the stat and <laughs> yeah. it stuck with yeah. me. I think well done. You yeah, probably. Think, I don't know. My, my ears <laughs> got it a little tough. tough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I, think, I think well done. But yeah, I can, I can, yeah, I can it's see. It's very it. thin. I mean, a nose, a nostril is less than a quarter inch thick. I'm so. sure, unfortunately, there's some maniac out there somewhere that can confirm that uh, that debate you can or not. right bite off someone's nose. Yeah. Guarantee it. Thing. So, so I'm sure that technique's still being evolved, but uh, you've evolved your piercing technique a lot mm -hmm. since you were, you know, accidentally grabbing people's lips instead of the nose. Oh, absolutely. So how have you gone about uh, changing your technique and involving and practicing your skills? So when I was first learning how to pierce, um, the person who was teaching me was in the process of moving away. And there was another person in the process of moving away. And my shop that I'm still currently at really didn't have an emphasis on piercing. Like I was taught by people who did tattoos and people who like didn't really like doing piercings and they wanted to become tattoo artists. And so I was just kind of taught like the bare bones 
ambulance minimum. And then I was like the full-time piercer working seven days a week. And I was like messing people up. I was like very, very, very bad. <laughs> and our shop didn't have a great reputation and I didn't have good jewelry and I wasn't very good. But then I did a lot of stuff online. I started getting into forums on Reddit and Facebook and kind of reaching out to people on Instagram. And I started following more other piercers that were doing the stuff that I like dreamed of doing and I thought looked like so cool. But I kept being told like, it's unattainable. Like my boss is never gonna spend that kind of money on having like real diamonds and real gold and fancy stuff in the studio. Oh, you and, mean like a stock supply, right? Yeah, Cause obviously like somebody supply. would have to pay for it, but you gotta have it there oh, first. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. my boss does all of the stocking. Like he picks all, I buy, pick out the jewelry and then he swipes the credit card. And yeah. <laughs> I remember in my earlier days of piercing, I rang up a $300 bill of like, stuff that we needed for the shop, just like earrings, belly rings, nose rings, whatever. Yeah. And I got screamed at, like, I cannot believe you think that we can spend $300 on this. I just went off, went off, went off. And now- Well, like, but at that point, the business model's still a tattoo oh, shop, right? Oh, absolutely. I was doing like one or two piercings a day. Now yeah. we have a hundred clients a day. Whoa. Just oh. piercings, just piercings, a hundred really? a day. Yes. That is insane. So, Congratulations. That, yeah, That's it's, it's badass, been crazy. Jasmine. Yeah, yeah. I've been there for going on 10 years and going from, there was some days I did zero clients and dad be sitting there for 10 hours and I don't get an hourly wage. So if I don't do anything, I don't get paid anything. So I'm sitting there for 10 hours making zero dollars and just being like, I wish that this could be my actual job, but I just don't really see it happening. But then like reaching out to people and learning new things and working on Instagram and taking social media classes and starting to like perfect what I was doing that led to me getting better and gaining clientele. And I think just like me being able to talk to people helped a lot with people thinking I kind of knew what I knew how to do kind yeah. of. Well, it's, it's like anything, you know, you start off with the fake until you make it. And once you make it, then you start refining everything. Absolutely. You know? I was definitely faking it for quite some time. And then eventually it just wasn't fake anymore. And I actually knew what I was talking yeah. about. I started taking more like advanced classes on like wound healing and just like, you know, technique on like how to move needles through skin faster, less painful stuff that's going to heal better. So what are some of those like techniques? Like what's a technique if I, what, so what's one of the hardest piercings to do from a pain standpoint where it's going to hurt the shit out of somebody and they're going to be like, damn, that sucked. So an industrial bar is the one that goes through the ear kind of like oh, okay. diagonally. My wife has one of those. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those are known to be a very, very painful piercing. Um, because of that part of the ear then or what? Well, yeah, I mean, there's two piercings on one piece of jewelry. So once you knock the one, it moves the other and then that one gets pissed off and then this one gets Got pissed it. off and it takes about a year and a half to heal one of those. And so Ooh, that time as you're sleeping and putting pressure, you know, eight hours a day is what we wish we were getting. A uh -huh, third of yeah. the time smushing it the wrong direction. It's just something that's a kind of a more challenging heal. And when I was first taught, I was taught to put one needle through the top and the bottom and then put the jewelry in. But once the needle goes through skin, it's not really sharp anymore. So the second hole is going to have a lot more like drag, which can lead to irritation or transfer bacteria. And so once I learned how to do it with two, both heal, like pierce, like holes started healing quite a bit. Oh, better. so you'll use two different needles. Like I one use two from different the needles and, and right. transfer in the jewelry one way and then transfer it in the other way. And so then I'm using like two. So both are very sharp going through. So you're going to have the least likely chance of like having like any ripping or tearing. Damn, that's pretty gangster, Jasmine. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It sounds like a very tough skill set. I would yeah. not be able to pull off. Off that move so thank you very much you. yeah i never would have thought like such a fine motor skill would be like my end job but it's all just like very very small movements or making like a huge change in how things heal yeah or how things turn out and just like I have read a lot of like literature and taking classes and then it's just led to like me knowing like weird facts about all of this like skin things. Yeah, well, you're now a member of the APP, right? Yes, Association yes. for Professional Piercers. Congratulations. Yes, yes. So we're the first studio in Ventura County to be members of the Association of Professional Piercers. Wow. Um, it's a public health and safety organization that's based around just like making sure that everything is as clean as possible and stuff that's going to be the most like biocompatible, hypoallergenic, least likely to get an infection, irritation, stuff like that. Just very like highly educated on kind of a niche subject. And it's also just like, they are like over the top on sterilization, sanitation, like keeping everything marked and clean and making sure people don't like feel very comfortable and don't feel like, um, there's a lot of times where I'm seeing people in a very intimate setting. Like if yeah. I'm doing some, like something that's underneath the clothes, like making sure that they're feeling comfortable and that they feel like safe, and there's consent, like I can imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's probably where there's like a shift in that mindset, separating the business from the tattoo shop, too, right? Because there's plenty of people that maybe be into piercings and not into tattoos, or vice versa, you know, where it might make them feel a little more uncomfortable, especially for those vulnerable kind of piercings. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I Bone Deep has been in business for like almost 20 years, going on like next year. And we were bone deep tattoos and piercings for the first like 19 of it. And then last year we opened up our own piercing studio 
And when we opened up the piercing studio, um, it's a, like a little bit less than a mile away. I got a building that had literally nothing in it, not even a toilet. The floor was total crap. And I, me and my boss took a tape and we measured out every single room that we were going to be using, the bathroom, where the sinks were going to be, which each private room was going to be. And because we mapped it out with like a lot of privacy, that led to us being able to become members of the Association of Professional Piercers. And the vibe in our tattoo shop, it's really cool. It's kind of industrial. It's a little darker and like kind of stereotypical like tattoo shop art a lot of flash and a lot of like sailor jerry looking stuff uh -huh. and our piercing studio inspiration was more like doctor's office mixed with jewelry store like it's white and it's clean and it's bright and it smells very like over the top clean and it's like i have grandmas that come in there because their oh, earring so cool. hole closed up so it's like walking into a tattoo shop for them if they have like already like a preconceived notion of what a tattooer is going to be like or yeah. what a tattoo shop's going to be like they're not necessarily going to come in and be down to spend $500 on fancy earrings, you yeah. know? So having like a really nice, clean aesthetic, it's like we have tons of little kids that come get their ears pierced there. And so the mom might not want their kid to be around a bunch of like big dudes cussing and whatnot. So mm -hmm. having like a bunch of my shops, all women. So having nine girls that are all like very nice and it's bright and it's clean. It's a lot more comfortable for people who aren't the same tattoo shop clients. And a lot of we pierce minors with like parental consent. So those kids are learning to feel comfortable around this type of people. And then eventually they do turn into tattoo customers when they turn 18. Like, oh, okay, like Embrace this isn't so scary. For both. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because very cool. we're not going to be like tough, rough and tough. Like, oh, I, I don't know if you don't know what you want. I'll explain it to you. Just show me a picture and I'll tell you how to take care of it. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, what it's called and whatever. Because a lot, it's not your job to know. It's my job to know. So we try to just make people feel welcome. And then it ends up leading to maybe tattoos later. Very cool. So I, I, I caught something there where you mentioned that the privacy was part of becoming a member of the APP. Mm -hmm. So what kind of like requirements do you have to meet for you to be able to become a member of the association? Well, it's actually like an insanely long process. I had to do like 15 page application. Um, it was a lot about like the way that we sanitize things and sterilize things. But um, all of our piercing procedures need to be done in a closed door room. And so having, you know, a hundred customers a day, like we needed a few closed door rooms and in our own studio, we didn't even have one that closed. I would put a partition up if I had anything that people were like taking their clothes off during. And now we have like three individual rooms that people can do piercings in. And we've also kind of expanded. We do the permanent jewelry, which is like the bracelets that we like weld on to people. And we do permanent like, necklaces and um, ankles too. So we have like an area for that an area just for like quick jewelry changes. Like if someone buys a new little earring and we're just putting it in, not breaking skin or anything. And then we have some private rooms in the back. That's where like all of the actual piercing procedures go on. So cool. Mm -hmm. So run that back real quick. You said weld a bracelet to someone. Yeah, we have like a spot welder. It's like fairly small. And so we stock like a few different types of like 14 karat gold, white, yellow, and rose gold chains. And then we can kind of like, uh, we put it together on your arm and then we give you some big welding glasses and we shock it onto your body. And then it's welded on there permanently. Like there's no clasp. And so it's on there all the time. Um, and we can put like charms on there and we can put the different chains. Like my ears have like a ton of different little like chains and stuff kind of going around too. Oh, so we do so it for cool. That looks amazing. Like Thank you very much. Wow, that's so cool. I haven't heard of that. You know, I guess I just always assume that every, you know, piece of jewelry was removable or that's how it was on. So. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, you technically, like, if you wanted it off, you could take a sharp pair of scissors. Of course, it, of but course. Yeah, no, course. like these, I've had a couple of, well, one of these on for like three years now. That is and so cool. never comes off and it doesn't really get snagged on anything either. They're pretty cool. Nice. I like it. So you're so is it, a little dressed up. Is it difficult to find that high quality source jewelry? Like, where do you go through to find that? Because if you're going to put something welded on there, you know, you got it's got to be top notch or else you're going to get some, some yeah. Yeah. going on or something going on yeah honestly because it is such like kind of niche stuff a lot of our equipment to put stuff together is super expensive so we were i think the first shop in the county also to stock um a statum which is a like a smaller version of an autoclave which is how you sterilize jewelry yeah it puts a lot them, of yeah. pressure and heat um they're more for like dentist office they're very small so we can put all of our jewelry on display and then you can look at everything and you can pick one out and i'll take it to the back and sterilize it and it takes about six minutes to fully clean an autoclave takes about two hours so other studios can't really like put their stuff out and use it um a statum is about ten thousand dollars 
So getting one of those was like a huge like step. It's a level like, up right there. Yeah, you pretty much need one of those to be an APP member too. And now we have like three of them. And we, the spot welder that we got, that was another like kind of expensive thing that because it's bigger welders are, you know, it's not going to work on a little tiny bracelet like that. So those are again, like thousands of dollars. And so it's just like stuff we slowly kind of built up over time. And then it turned into like, now we're doing bracelets like every single day. Cause some people don't want piercings either. They're like, no tattoo, no piercing, but bracelet. That's cool. I I don't need, I can take that off eventually if I wanted to. So totally. It's just kind of like marketing to like different types of people too. Awesome. Awesome. Killer ideas. I mean, it seems like you guys are absolutely just crushing it. So what's the biggest change you've noticed since, since you've seen the business from both sides, when you were coupled with the tattoo business to now opening the doors on this state of the art facility, what's the biggest notice you've noticed, whether it be in clientele or the requests or the amount of business? Um, We definitely have gotten a lot busier um, because we actually have the space to be busier before we were put in something that was super small. I have um, seven full-time piercers now and we just didn't have the space to like take the demand. And now that we have a bigger studio that people feel a lot more comfortable in because it is so clean and like state of the art and it's like definitely it's like state of the art. It's definitely like a cool place to hang out. Mm-hmm. So now we've definitely gotten a lot busier and I think people are a little bit more willing to spend more money on the fancier things before. I mean, when I first started piercing, uh, like standard price of a nostril piercing, which is a nose stud would be like the piercing and the jewelry would be like $40. Yeah. And that was like, you know, 10 years ago, inflation, everything. But now like for something like that, it would be like $90, which is more than double. But the product is so much better. Like the stuff, the jewelry you have now is warranty for life. It's never going to break. It's stuff you can wear through like an MRI, a CAT scan, an x-ray. You don't need to take it out. Um, it's going to be like tight implant grade titanium, same thing a doctor would use. And so like, Yes, it's more expensive, but it's stuff that is going to last forever. You're going to buy it nice, you're going to buy it twice. And this is stuff that you're going to have, like, get married in it, get buried in it. It'll always be looking nice. And so having a nicer studio, people are being like, okay, I can see why things are more expensive now. Hey, that's stuff that's going to last. That's awesome. And it's got to feel pretty cool to be you because it sounds like you got your thumbprints all over this with as far as the design and how everything's working out. And like you said in the beginning, you know, you had to push your boss for this ability to get the high class stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's got to feel pretty rewarding to see it kind of pay off now for the company. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like my boss, he's the coolest. um, And he like trusts me so much. Like now with everything, like when we're going to like an expo where there's going to be jewelry hall. He's like, honestly, just pick whatever you want. Like you can, you're in charge. If we have like a repairman come, he's like, just whatever Jasmine says she's in charge. It's cool. And like he, when I first started working for him, I was like 21 years old. I was like a little kid, you know? And so having him now be like, oh yeah, of course. Like whatever you say goes, like if you want, you know, if we're planning an event day, like you're in charge, you get the say, like, you don't have to ask me, just do it. I'm like, no more yelling. Cause of a $300 charge. Oh yeah. No, if I spent $300, you would thank me now. Now, hey, I'm now I'm running up $2,000 bills. So he's like 300. That's amazing. Yeah. Go for it. $300 all, all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that bone deep also kind of values themselves on being like trauma friendly. So when you say trauma friendly, what, what are we, what are we thinking about there? Are we thinking about the screaming three-year-old or it goes way deeper than that? Well, okay, so I take, so the Association of Professional Piercers throws a conference every year and it's, um, you have to kind of prove that you're working in a studio and show your credentials and everything, but then they offer classes and you can sign up for like different classes every year. The first time that I went to the APP conference, I got, went to a trauma-informed piercing class and I honestly did not know what it was going to be about. I assumed it was going to be about like piercing through scar tissue. That's something that I do all the time. So I figured it was going to be something along those Mm -hmm. lines. And within the first five minutes of class, I I was crying because they were talking about just so many different things that just happen every single day to me. A lot of times people don't have the money to go to a therapist or they're going through traumatic things in life and they think like someone dies, I want to get a tattoo. Like I'm having this like really stressful week. I'm needing to study for finals. I'm losing my marbles. Like I need some controlled pain. I want to get my nose pierced. And so people come in and drop very heavy things on my lap very often times just with things about really common issues that come up would be like eating disorders or domestic violence or sexual assault. And people just start telling me these things because they don't have a therapist and I'm their therapist. And so it was, the class was about finding the resources. So we stock like pamphlets that are like, cause I am not a registered therapist. So when people are telling me like, oh yeah, my boyfriend is really controlling. He never would have let me get my nose pierced. And we were having issues and he was hitting me or something along those lines. And now we broke up and now I'm getting my nose pierced because like, it's my body and I get to choose and he's not in charge of me anymore. We can have pamphlets in there that are like, okay, this is what's going on at your house. You can deal with this here. Or like, I've had people tell me like, I'm homeless. Like, I don't know where I'm going to go after this. So 
linking them up with like therapists or people in the county that have options. It's just like something that's like really powerful and something that means a lot to me. Um, just cause it's happened to me so many times over the last 10 years, people just telling me things. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, I don't know how to help you. I want to help you, but I'm not trained for this. And so having like pamphlets or just like knowledge of just like how to talk to people about things. I don't want to give people advice that's too forward or just like kind of out of my league. Yeah. So it's just kind of pointing people the direction to kind of work out their problems on their own. And also like if people have gone through like a sexual assault or something, their body is something that's like, you know, very nervous having someone else touch it or having someone else be around them. So me being able to like deal with those kind of things with them and just be like, Hey dude, like, don't worry, we can go like as slow as you want. Like, you're in charge. Like, I'm not going to do anything until you say it's fine. And like teaching even like little kids from the very young age, like sometimes little kids, they get one piercing done. They don't want to do the other one. They're over it. They're that yeah. hurt. I'm done. And parents are like, no, you have to do it. Like she's not just going to leave with one. <laughs> I'm like, dude, consent is key. She is a little kid. And like, you should teach her really young that like, if she doesn't want to do something to her body, like she doesn't have to. Yeah. People can't force her or him to do it. Yeah. yeah so. And I think once I put it that way to parents, like, you know, like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to penetrate your kid after she's telling me not to. Yeah. They're like, Okay, I guess that yeah, kind of makes sense. When you put actually. it that way, yeah. when you put it that way, yeah, that yeah. sounds like I should be on board with that thought process. Yeah, absolutely. There's plenty of people with just one earring. It's fine. Yeah. She doesn't need to get to. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that is so cool, though. I mean, big ups to you for even thinking to go out of your way to find a way to you know help these people out because I never really thought about them turning you into their therapist. You know, mm -hmm. and I mean, it yeah. happens to like so many other fields too. Like you know, hairdressers, tattooers get yeah. it even worse than we do because. Every single day they have someone like, oh, my favorite person just died Someone and I'm getting away, a yeah. memorial tattoo for them. And they're like, this is why they were so important for me. And then they had this traumatic cancer and they tell you every detail. And I saw her last breath and they're just like doing exactly. their art on somebody like that's really heavy to come home with every single yeah. day. Yeah. So me being able to just be like, Hey, you know, like I've been through something kind of similar too. And like, this is what I, you know, this helped me, this you helped know? me, maybe it'll help you. And like, if you want, you know, grief support, we have something for that. Or like I've teamed up, like I've, because I have the trauma informed thing on my uh, like bio on the website, I get a ton of therapists for clients. And so asking them like, Hey, could you pass me some pamphlets that you have about, you know, like people who are, you know, in poverty or just like in stuff that comes in often. And so that they have like the resources and stuff. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Genius. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really cool. That, that, that just puts like, you on another level as far as professional piercers <laughs> thank to you, me. Thank you. I mean that that I, I can't I can't probably congratulate you enough on on being able to actually go out there and pursue that and and want to and want to be even even better than you are and thinking past the thinking past the piercing. So let's think of something uh, that's more memorable from a piercing though. Maybe not somebody going through a traumatic uh, moment or anything. But what's your most memorable piercing? If I say, Hey Jasmine, what's the piercing you'll never forget? What's the first one that pops in into your mind? Oh my gosh, my mind just went like so many different directions and I don't know how appropriate some of these are to say on well, this throw, podcast. Throw a few out there. Okay. Um, Told you, no rating on this okay, show, right? Okay, okay. Um, I um, had a man come in. This is this is probably the story that I, I say the most in the shop. Um, we had a guy come in, this was quite a few years ago, and he told me that he needed a piece of jewelry removed. And I said, okay, I was about to be off my shift. I was super excited to leave. And then I said like, okay, where is the piercing? And he was like, it's downstairs. I said, okay, well, what kind of piercing is it? And he told me it was a marble piercing. And I did not know what that was, but people make up names for stuff all the time. Yeah. Like snake bites are like such a common thing. And that's not the name of those piercings, but that's just the street name of those piercings. Uh -huh. So I was like, what well, is a marble piercing? And, um, so I asked him like, okay, well, what kind of jewelry is it? And he's like, I, I already told you it was a marble. I'm like, how did, what, how did you get a marble in there? Marble? Yeah. yeah how'd you get a marble in there? And he's like, oh yeah, well I got it done in prison. I got out yesterday. And I was like, oh, okay, well, like, what did they do? And he's like, oh, well, we took a shank and I cut it open and I cut off the top of the pawn chest piece and I put the marble top, the top of the pawn underneath the skin. And then we kind of stitched it up and I cleaned it with Ajax and now it's in there and oh my, my lady God. doesn't like it. So I want to take it out. And I said, well, that's not a piercing. That's, that's an implant. <laughs> um, and he's like, well, I really want to take it out. And the, the girlfriend was like, yeah, this really hurts. I do not want that in there anymore. Like this has got to go. And I just said, you know, I don't really know how to do this. And then someone else, because we're not supposed to do this, this will remain nameless, ended up getting it out for him. Wow. And uh, they took the marble and they put it in a little baggie. It's they a trophy. Put it, they put it up on the wall like a moose head. <laughs> nice. Like a trophy hunt. And then the next day, 
the guy came back in and he saw me again and I was like, Oh, what's up, dude? How you doing? He's like, I want you to put that back in. What? <laughs> and I was like, that's still not a piercing. And I'm still not putting that back in for you. I'm like, do you not think she's going to notice that you put it back? I don't understand. I was saying, did they already break up that quick and I know, found out I was, that it was still bad without it in. And it was like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. And then, and then I like posted that story on TikTok, and a bunch of other people said that it's a super common in prison culture to put marbles in your pee pee. Really? Yep. Wow. I never heard of that before. It's, it's a very, very common I'm glad I didn't Google done. it as you were yeah. talking about it. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, it's a super common thing. There is, so like body modification is a little bit different than like piercing and tattoos. So people do put like, you know, let people t split their tongues, like two two tongues or. Yeah, I've seen that. So what do you do? You just chop their tongue in half? Yeah, they do like a scalpel and then they stitch up to two pieces of the tongue and they're different muscles. And so they can kind of like wiggle around. And so there are some, that is technically like an illegal service to perform in California. Um, really? But a lot of body piercers, because doctors don't really do that for people very often. I don't know if you could really find someone who's down to put a marble in your, or split your tongue or the other things that are like popular. But you can do other implants though, right? Um, what are the rules? Then? I is can there do rules? a dermal implant, which is like the little sparkle. Like a lot of times people will get those like on their eye right here. They're like yeah. a little jewel or sometimes yeah, yeah. girls will get them in their back dimples yeah, or like. I've, I've seen those. Yeah. Yeah. Those are fine. Um, those are actually kind of a gray area. It kind of depends on how you implant them. Um, but doing like a full on marble or silicone implant or something along those lines technically should only be done by doctors. And so, so what's the typical way you would implant something like that then? Does it just have a, just a larger back end and you just kind of slip it in there? Yeah, so they're like an anchor. They're kind of flat on the bottom and then there's a kind of part that comes out like a T and then you screw on whatever sparkle or end thing that you're going to put uh -huh. on there. So we have biopsy punches, which are kind of similar to like uh, Dr. Pimple Popper when she's getting rid of like a cyst. Oh, God. And so we like take out a whole punch of skin and then we put it underneath their skin and it's uh. in there for a while. They're, we call them like a temporary long-term piercing. How um, long do they normally last? So eventually depends. they'll just fall out? Depends. I had one for six years. I've had other people leave it for like six weeks um, and it'll fall out. It depends on the body, like where it's at. Uh, okay. High traffic areas that get hit a lot are way more likely to get rejection. Uh -huh. um, people will get them like on their collarbones. And if you have a seatbelt that gets rubbed right, yeah, yeah, that'll yeah, pull it right out. Like that. Yeah. yeah. So some spots like when people have it near their cheekbone, those last really well. I have a friend who's had one for like 12 years who really wants it out and it's just in there to stay. And there are other people who it's in for like 12 hours and then it falls out. So it just kind of depends on like how you treat the body and how you heal. So everybody's kind of different. But the the silicone ones, people like do the horns or whatever. Yeah, those, yeah. those ones are like technically like illegal. Frowned upon? Yeah. Just yeah. in California or everywhere? Uh, different parts of America, they're like illegal. Some states they don't have like written literature, like laws about. So uh -huh. they don't have technically like, you can do what you want if you kind want to do, of yeah. but usually all the practitioners that do that pretty much only do it like after business hours like ah. scarification or like any like implants and stuff yeah it's yeah. kind of the speakeasy way you gotta go when the pretty windows much, are closed yeah. got it got pretty it pretty much yeah and people will ask me to do that kind of stuff and i have no idea so it's not it's not me yeah <laughs> sorry not gonna help you not gonna help you no I'm, I'm cool with blood and guts and snot and spit and all of the stuff earwax that's coming yeah. out of people's bodies but like Actually taking a scalpel and stitching things up, I, I don't think I'm there yet. Earwax? <laughs> so you've seen a gross amount of earwax before then or what? I have seen everything. And then whatever you're seeing, I've seen worse than that. Like I've seen everything. Oh, wow. Um, I have had people, I've had someone have like, I don't know necessarily what it was, but it was like a black hard plug of something in her belly button that I like pulled out and it stunk up the entire shop. Oh, man. Uh, Just yes. some old lint that's, like, solidified in there or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I don't even know. I've had people who've had, like, bugs Ooh. in their body parts, yes. That is gnarly. Yeah, very gross. <laughs> very, wow. very, very gross. I had somebody who didn't know that they had an earring backing that was stuck underneath their skin. Like, they're like, oh, there's, like, a kind of a bump in there. And I, like, kind of took a little needle and took a little cut on it and squeezed it. And the whole earring back popped out. Been there for, like, 10 years. She had no idea. Just got stuck and then her skin just grew over it. Yeah, her skin just grows wow. over it. It's just party at that point. Holy she's like, shit. I just feel like there's still like scar tissue or something. You and think I'll... you'd feel the weight or something, you know? Right? Or, uh, yeah, I mean, I, no. People are people yeah. are really weird. People just are check really... out from their body, I guess. Oh, you know? Yeah, I've gone to <laughs> clean out people's noses and they've had like 
drugs in their nose. <laughs> <laughs> Leftover from the from Saturday night. Oh, yeah. Eight ball right here. That's a, that's a Monday morning type of yeah, procedure a, for sure. You don't see that on like a Wednesday. That's a Monday morning yeah, clean that, out for sure. Get, get, yeah, I'm like, ooh, awesome. somebody had fun this weekend, yeah. didn't you? That Wild. is awesome. That is awesome. So let's talk about a different type of memorable experience, though. What's the, the biggest jewelry um, sell that you've made since you've kind of transitioned to getting this more higher-end jewelry available? What's one that, that you remember? So I specifically, so I used to work at another studio um, out in Santa Clarita and they didn't, so we sell titanium jewelry and gold jewelry. Um, titanium is going to be a more affordable, but still like super high quality option. And then gold is going to be a more precious metal. So it's more expensive. Mm -hmm. And the studio there only had gold. You couldn't get any cheap options. There was not a cheap thing. Even getting little kids ears pierced, like minimum was 270. You want it straight gold. That's yeah, your only gold option. only. Right. And when I was working there, I had a few like $2,000 sales and I was done with them in like less than an hour. Nice. Yeah. So Pretty is this crazy. like, is this like earrings then? Just like $2,000 earrings? Um, or? Just like a few things. So like if people have like quite a few piercings like racked up, things can get pricey kind of quickly. Oh, because they're getting multiple pieces Yeah, multiple, multiple pieces little pieces or stuff that's bigger is going to be more expensive. Like a belly ring is a lot bigger than a nose ring. A solid gold belly ring is going to be like five to $800. I bet. Yeah. Jesus. And if you're getting or like- make sure that thing don't fall out. Yeah. Solid gold nipple rings are going to be like- Depending if they're stones, like could be up to like two thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Wow, is that a painful one when you do when you give that type of a piercing to someone a nipple you know, piercing? I that's something that I was kind of thinking of when you were talking about my apprenticeship. When uh -huh. I was first learning, you usually start with friends, and for some reason, all my friends wanted their nipples pierced. <laughs> so I learned how to do nipple piercings before I learned how to pierce earlobes. Oh shit! So they called me the nipple master. Like all through my apprenticeship, they still call me that, and I'm really quick at them. So usually, it's not that bad, but I would say it it definitely smarts. I've had some pretty gnarly reactions. People's just like natural reflexes to just say like "f you." Yeah, I was or, gonna say, do you have to change? people down for that or what has I anybody have, ever tried to sock you i think i have i have had someone grab me when i was doing the industrial bar i had i went through the first hole and someone grabbed my arm and i was like <laughs> stuck and i was like so can i finish or do, do we just want the top what are we what are we doing i remember i had one time i was piercing this girl's nipples and i i wear glasses sometimes and i was wearing my glasses and I went to do the first one. And when people, some people, when they're in pain, they laugh. It's like a natural reaction. And she went, <laughs> and she spit all over my glasses and I couldn't see. And so oh, she shit. had like one needle in and then I couldn't see. So I couldn't finish. So I left the room to go fix my glasses so I could see, take my gloves off and fix my face. Yeah, and, and that day we had been running like a promo for some reason. It was like a special event. It was like 20 bucks off or something. And as I walked back in, I'm like, yours is definitely full price now. For sure. <laughs> yeah, you just spit in my for face. For sure. You literally spit in my face. So yeah, full That's price. 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah. That is at least 20 bucks. Yeah. hundred percent. We weren't allowed to do any, um, anything underneath the mask during the COVID lockdown. So I couldn't do any septums, nostrils, tongues, lips really? for a year and a half. Yeah. That's a third of my income gone for a year and a half. Wow. And my very first one back from after COVID, I did her nose. She sneezed right in my face. Very first one. <laughs> I had nightmares that night. Bodily fluids. I'm just very, very used to at this point. Yeah, getting uh, projectiled <laughs> towards your face. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've squeezed things that were stuck and had stuff squirt out like pimple popping videos. It's <laughs> oh, disgusting. God. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can't do that. I can't do that, Jasmine. I ain't with you on that one. But uh, I am with you on this like high class jewelry. I think that's really cool. So, so you had some big sales. How about now since you go through and you procure stuff from the store, what's one piece that you hand selected out that you were stoked when somebody came in and got you know um i we i get to pick out a lot of cool stuff my boss puts a lot of trust in me we stock about 15 different designer brands of jewelry and so when i go to the piercing conference they have stuff that they release specifically just for that expo and so i got to pick out this really really cool piece um for my friend uh she got it for her lip piercing and mm -hmm. it was like there was diamonds and uh rhodolite and there was like a related quartz in there. There's like all sorts of like genuine crystals and it was like a $700 piece. Wow. And she was like so excited. She got it for her birthday. So it was like super cool. Oh, that's yeah. super cool. Yeah. 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 
Um, I also picked out this really cool thing for the shop. It was like a, like a nipple piercing and it's like solid gold and it's like a dagger going through. Like it looks like a knife and then there's like a garnet dripping down, like a drop of gold coming off the side. Dang. Super bougie and cool. No one's picked those yet, but they are in there. Dang, somebody's yeah. going to, somebody, so, some lucky lady or yeah, guy is going to snag absolutely. those. Absolutely. They're super cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So let's learn a little more about, about Jasmine herself though. So tell me about Jasmine growing up in San Diego. What part of San Diego? Um, I grew up in El Cajon, okay. um, which is like the East County of San Diego. Yeah. Definitely not a super popular part of San Diego, yeah. but that's where- Hey, I love El Cajon. I yeah. used to live in La Mesa, so oh, really? I'm, I'm yeah. well familiar with it. I so. spent a lot of time in La Mesa. Yeah. 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 La Mesa, um, and I have friends, like when I go back down, my best friend lives in Ocean Beach, so I'm there a oh, lot cool. too. Yeah. Yeah. I met, my, I met my wife down there, so we loved San Diego. Did we you live. go to SDSU? Uh, no, I, I was in the military. I moved from, from New Jersey out there well, via the military, mm -hmm. and then met her right before I got out, and then we stayed down there for like five years before we moved up here. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a great area. Oh, I love San Diego. Yeah, I yeah. love San Diego, especially Ocean Beach. That was mm -hmm. definitely one of our, our favorite spots, but we first lived in Imperial Beach too. Mm -hmm. Love yeah. IB. Yeah, IB's cool too. Super all underrated. The, all the area is super cool down there. Yeah. And when I first moved up here, like I definitely thought it was gonna be like a temporary college thing, like finish my degree, mm -hmm. move back down home. I love San Diego. San Diego's gonna be home forever. My whole family lives down there. I didn't know anyone when I first moved up here, but after I got my apprenticeship, and I met like the, our tattoo shop is just like a family, just like really, really tight. Like my boss has let me like stay at his house, you know? And it's like, they're the people who like for Christmas are getting me like pre like nice presents. And like, we're just all really close with one another. And slowly as I started building clientele and building all these friendships and everything down here and like networking and now pretty much everywhere I go, my boyfriend always jokes on me is like, literally if I go to the grocery store, someone will be like, oh my God, Jasmine, you pierced my nose. Like it's like <laughs> such a small community that's so tied up in Ventura. And that's like cool. now at the gym, I pierced like, probably 15 to 20 people in that gym. Really? They walk in like, oh, how's this looking now? Is this okay? Do I need like a shorter <laughs> bar now? Is it healed up? You can I put a hoop in yet? Oh, that is so badass. <laughs> yeah, it's That's cool. Really cool. So like the Ventura has definitely become like a home now. And now that especially like I'm managing that studio and I got to pick everything and I pick the jewelry and I pick the way it looks. It's like my boss, he, you know, I'm never going to leave. Like that it's, is, it's just yeah. the coolest spot. Like our piercing studio is just like so nice. Our tattooers are so kind and just like everybody's just really welcoming. I they A lot of tattoo shops and stuff that I feel like they make people think they're like like too cool, you know, like yeah. they don't, you know, like, oh, you don't know what you want. You don't uh, know what that's yeah. called. And yeah. they're all very like, oh no, dude, like it's totally fine. Like I'll draw that up for you. I'll make it cool, you know? And I, yeah, now Ventura is definitely the spot. That's for sure. Well, the, I, I firmly believe in starting this show that the 805 keeps who it's supposed to keep. Like there's definitely like a vibe around Ventura County and, and the 805 area in general. There's so many like different transplants and then also just really rap locals that have just like, I don't know, somehow just like uh centralized here and it just it just keeps the right people yeah it's, it's like a I've small noticed. big town oh 100 percent, 100 do you come from a smaller big family down there in san diego yeah my my family is uh i'd say like mid-size i have two brothers one sister um uh, okay yeah, that's bigger i guess mm -hmm. four four kids in the family i'm always used to two i'm always used to i have one brother i have one sister yeah yeah so, so four, i guess four is a I decent four. number yeah. yeah yeah totally um my family but i don't have a lot of extended family and i feel like up here it's like a, everybody's extended family to yeah. me it's like my friend circle has gotten so much bigger than it was like down there and i just feel like moving up here and getting to do my own thing i really came into like who i really am as a person nice um getting to really not know anyone and just finding out like what i actually want to do and what like is fun for me and just like exploring all the places up here i think i appreciate ventura a lot more than some of people i know that have lived there their whole life because i have a tourist mindset like oh i want to check that place out so bad like or looking up like cool places to go like in ventura places that people have never even heard of that live here forever if you had to give me a spot, what's your spot? What's Jasmine's spot? Anything, whether it's somewhere to eat, whether it's somewhere to eat, party, go see something cool out in nature, whatever it is. What's your what's your what's your favorite thing that pops in your head right now about Ventura or the eight hundred five? Well, I I used to live in Thousand Oaks, and I would spend a lot of time in Wildwood. And there's a couple trails up there that I feel like nobody goes on. Um, I do a lot of hiking, like cool. in my free time. And um, so I think a lot of like those trails that no one goes to, I would, there's one called Moon Ridge and I think like no one goes on it. I think if you hike, you should definitely go there. I've never been on that one. Me that and the one, wife have to go check it out. That one's super cool and it can go pretty far and you can go up like Box Canyon, which is another one that not a lot of people go on to. Cool. So that one's cool. Um, have you checked out the uh, hiking back in like the Ojai area? Absolutely. Off. On New Year's Day last year, I did like a, 
I think it ended up being like 10 or 12 miles up in Ohio, like up through the hills and everything. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. It's just like such a good way to kind of like escape. And that's another cool thing. Like in San Diego, I wasn't near a ton of hiking. There was like a few things, but over here, like I'm trying out new trails all the yeah. time. There are some bitching waterfalls right there mm-hmm. nestled away in Ohio. If you go up to like the Matilha Creek and stuff like that, you got to rock mm-hmm. hop a little bit, but it's totally doable. My wife and I went on like a Thursday night, like two years ago, right around our anniversary. And we literally got the set up tent, like I don't know, 10 feet from the bottom of this waterfall. We saw two people for like about five minutes. They looked at the waterfall and they turned around. Didn't see another soul the entire time we were there. It was pretty epic. That's how I feel about the Moon Ridge. Like I'm out there like doing my thing. I never see anybody out there. I have my music playing like loud because I'm always scared I'm going to get like a rattlesnake or something. So I got my music playing loud and I don't see anyone. Nice. Um, Nice. Also the hot springs, that was another thing. It's not necessarily Ventura, but like up in like – not like a little bit past Carpinteria. There's yeah. like the hot spring, like the trail over there, like the seven one. In between one. the Santa Barbara and Carpinteria mm-hmm. area. I haven't been to that one yet, but I've heard about a bunch I, about it. So. I went there for my birthday this year and it was super cool. And it's really, my birthday's in January. So it was really warm still. And it was like perfect. How, was it overcrowded? Um, I went in January, so it wasn't that bad. Okay. But cool. I'm assuming in summer it probably January's pops the move, off. Then. Yes, January's absolutely. The move. Absolutely. Right. There's no one doing anything on my birthday. In the very beginning of January, so everyone's broke from Christmas and they didn't just paid rent. So usually <laughs> beginning of January, wherever you go, there's no one there. It's usually raining too, so Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Perfect timing. Well, you know what, Jasmine, not everybody is going to get someone random stranger to spit in their face or get the piercing nipple or move a, remove a marble out of uh, someone's uh, private parts <laughs> from, uh, prison. Uh, from yeah, prison, from prison, day yeah. after they get out of prison. You know, everybody doesn't get that lucky, but everybody that comes to yellow table gets lucky and gets a random question from Mambo. And this episode's random question is brought to you by Bone Deep Piercing, who is persistence culture business of the month and get 20% off for the rest of the month. So after you listen, this go visit jasmine get that 20 percent off go get your piercing done by her at bone deep and here without further ado is your random question from mambo all right i'm gonna make it about piercing have you ever pierced a celebrity i pierced snoop dogg's manager and i also pierced a party for courtney kardashian I'm sorry, Chloe Kardashian. She was like doing like a jewelry line. And I've done a bit of like private parties in Beverly Hills and stuff. Like I have all my own like rig of like a sterilizer and jewelry and stuff. So I used to do a bit in like Beverly Hills. Those were probably like the two closest things. I did a girl who models for Victoria's Secret, um, but she's not like a really big name, but she's really cool and really beautiful. I used to work on Melrose at Generation 8 Tattoo. And so I'd get more celebrities down there than up in Camarillo. We get a few YouTubers. I know like Jake Paul got tattooed there and chad tepper they got tattooed there so oh, sometimes people will kind of come in there but i didn't get any like huge huge names i just remember oh, Jake Paul's manager. A name. yeah <laughs> i didn't get to pierce him but the, he did get tattooed by one of the guys at the shop that's rad yeah. yeah but honestly though the kardashian party and snoop dogg's manager way way bigger celebrities than i've ever right? pierced yeah it was pretty cool yeah is that is that like a thing like uh to get ma- make private parties out of the the things that you do you know that's more of like an la thing um it's kind of like a gray area still kind of with that too because we need to be working in like a sterile environment and sometimes people are having us come into their like living room and do this kind of stuff so having being able to like keep stuff clean is like a main priority so as long as everything's going to be set up like i know people who will do stuff like outside and that's just dust and dirt and that's not going to work right but if people have like a cool setup i got asked to pierce at someone's wedding um like set up a whole thing and just pierce everybody at the reception i was like no I'm, I'm totally down i'll come through i've seen a, cool. I seen a tattoo artist do that at a wedding yeah, yeah. that'd be so sick yeah. i'm totally if anybody wants me to pierce at your wedding i will be there i will be there (laughs) that's pretty dope i'm already we already got the wedding done but we got a 10-year anniversary coming up that would be kind of cool party that'd be kind of dope hey renew the vows yeah love it hey all right all right all right i'm liking these ideas i'm liking these ideas um so that might be in my future but what's the future hold for uh bone deep piercing jasmine um hmm, that is a very good question so we want to get more like guest artists coming through. Um, I have a guy coming through who may or may not be wanting to do some of those like tongue splits and all of that kind of more. Oh, some more exotic more type of, the of exotic services. Stuff. Okay. And there's no one in our area that does that. So okay. when he comes to town, if he felt like doing that kind of stuff, you could maybe reach out to me and I would possibly know something about that. So that's kind of cool. We've got somebody coming out from Georgia possibly and another person coming out from Boston to pierce at our studio. So that's kind of cool coming hey, out. So kind of like celebrity piercers in a way yeah, then too. Yeah. That's good, pretty dope. Yeah, it's pretty cool. 
we have a lot of clientele. We're a high volume studio. So getting people like if one of my girls wants to take a vacation or need a day off, I have gotten to a point where if I post it and say like, does anybody want to come out and work here? People will be like, I would love to come out and work there. Hell so yeah. get on a plane. Let's do it. I'll set you up. I'll pay extra. Just let's get into it. So we got some people coming out. I want to do some traveling and do some guest spots in other con- like other states, possibly in all- another country too. I was talking about somebody in Australia. So hey. it'd be cool to go down and pierce there. Pierce down nice. under. Yep. Maybe literally, who knows? Yes, who, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> never, know. Never, know. never know. Never know. Never yeah. know what's going to happen out there. That'd be Aussies, cool. Aussies are pretty crazy yes. from what I can tell. Yes, I'm um, down. Yeah, but you know what, Jasmine? This has been an epic episode. Uh, I'm super stoked to get to know you better mm-hmm. and see all the great work that you're doing at Bone Deep Piercing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, we're super stoked to have you as a member of the PC Familia. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And, you guys uh, should all come in and get a piercing. Yeah. Well, real quick, what's uh, social media handles for you guys? Um, we are Bone Deep Piercing on Instagram our uh, fellow artists at the tattoo shops are Bone Deep Tattoos and then me on Instagram is Jasmine Celestine which you can find through the Bone Deep Piercings Instagram alright thank awesome. you so much Jasmine and uh, make sure you give them a follow also give us a follow at Persistence Culture on Instagram send us a DM if you have any questions keep moving <laughs>